Need to make a call? Look for a police call box. That's where you'll find Two on Who, the new Doctor Who podcast from Electric Surge. Two on Who is available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of the only gentleman secret agent with a license to kill and thrill, you should pick up my new James Bond oral history, Nobody Does It Better, available now in hardcover, audio, and digital wherever books are sold. Do you expect me to read? No, I expect you to buy it. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and I'm here with the host of the 430 movie. Steve Melching. Darren Dockerman. Ashley Miller. And Mark A. Altman. And now you can watch us on the Electric Now channel, available on DistroTV, Zumo, and Stir, and soon on the Electric Now app. Check us out wherever you watch podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. Oh boy, this is exciting! And and t- t- before I even tell you what we're going to be talking about, I want to introduce you to our special guest for a very special episode. And of course, I'm talking about a co-host of the 4:30 movie. He's a writer for Star Wars Rebels, The Clone Wars, Rusty, and Big Guy the Boy Robot. It's Steve Melching. Hi there, happy to be here. Steve, welcome happy back. Happy to beam aboard. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you are so energized. Okay. Oh, oh, hey now. Wow. <laughs> and of course, making his return engagement, it is the writer uh, producer of such shows as Lore and Fringe and uh, Black Sails. He's also a writer on Thor and X Men First Class. It is, of course, Ashley Edward Miller. Uh, I too am thrilled to be beamed today. You're beaming. You're positively just beaming. beaming. So set phases on stunning. You know, normally oh, we oh. normally we we like to stick to talking about Star Trek. But recently we had the success with a show with Erin Gray. We talked to her about Buck Rogers and, and and touched on Star Trek. There is a show that was inspired by Star Trek, but has not gotten the attention it deserves. I think because it's not really widely available. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, they never remastered in high def. So I think I have the last version I have is a, a, a standard def of right. the episodes. And of course, I'm talking about the 40th anniversary of uh, the short-lived Galaxy Quest television series, right. which premiered back in 1979 and only lasted three seasons uh, and went off the air in 1982. A, a series inspired, obviously, right. by Star Trek, but yet beat both Star Trek The Motion Picture and Star Trek The Next Generation onto screens. Yeah, but a lot of people don't remember it. You know, again, I think it's because of lack of access. People are young. They don't go back and watch the special effects now are little dodgy. Wow. Yeah, little. Yeah, you know. They're almost like uh, BBC Doctor Who level at times. Let's not be insulting them. Right. (laughs) And it was funny (laughs) because it was an interesting era because you had, you know, this is the era of Six Million Dollar Man and uh, Logan's Run the TV series and Planet of the Apes the TV series. So even then there was a lot of IP excitement going on and then you occasionally have like Man from Atlantis and then Galaxy Quest sort of slips in there. Right. Um, at the last moment. At the last right. moment, at the end of the 70s. It's really more of a 70s show than an 80s show. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it's very much like uh, what happened with Battlestar Galactica. I, I think, mm-hmm. A, nobody knew what the hell it was they were watching when it premiered. I think, B, a lot of people looked at it and said, as in the case of Battlestar Galactica, oh, it's just kind of warmed over Star Wars. I think at first glance, people thought Galaxy Quest was 
warmed over Star Trek, and neither of those comparisons were fair. Yeah. I think Galaxy... It, it wasn't warm at all. It was No, it was, <laughs> it was cold. It was very cold in space. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think also, you know, it was very forward-thinking in the time because, you know, of course, they talk about, you know, genius talk about, oh, they wouldn't let me have a woman on the bridge, which is how mm-hmm. I get to kept Spock, but I got rid of number one. But Gwen DeMarco was such a vital part of Galaxy Quest from the very beginning. Sure. Oh, yeah. Tawny yeah. Madison was there on the bridge, you know, interpret- interpreting the computer right. at every turn and, and being a, a liaison between the, the world of uh, technology and computers and the real world of human beings. Yeah, and sometimes it was a stupid job, but it was her job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit, because, you know, a lot of our audience isn't familiar with the show. They've never seen it. Um, and the last release, I think, was on Laserdisc. Yeah, I have it on Laserdisc. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, there was the one famous... I kept my Laserdisc player. Yeah, they put two episodes on a disc, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't even think they got all 92 episodes on there, or, the, you know, the lost 92nd right. episode. Well, right. you know they, what's they weird? They stopped. Why don't... Uh, maybe you can answer. Why don't they have the clip show? Because yeah. it, they put out all the episodes except for that one clip. But that yeah. was a regular episode, yeah. Yeah. the clip show. Like, you know, it, it, it's like when, when when Jason is trying to teach them the, the, the important humanities on trial yeah, right. and he's showing yeah, yeah. scenes from pre, they're scanning his mind. Well, and the you're problem seeing was scenes. that all these scenes that he's talking about actually weren't in previous episodes. Mm. Right. You know. I mean, they had to generate, you know, almost 50 new visual effects for this episode, I mean, for this supposedly no bottle show. No one made a clip show yeah. without any, like, actual clips. 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 Yeah. They right. were, like, made-up clips. Yeah. Because the I, audacity of that. I right. thought, because it wasn't on the Laserdisc, that I, I, I was imagining yeah. it. But then I went back and did some research and saw that it was an episode, you yeah. know. And it was a sort of Kafka-esque kind of thing yeah. with humanity on trial and then looking into his brain and seeing yeah. all the these amazing things these that tantalizing glimpses into adventures that we had never seen <laughs> well, right yeah. some of it i have right? to say, so uh, you know about 10 years ago uh, i was part of an ill-fated effort to bring galaxy quest back to uh, back to television right. yeah, um, we all were we did a yeah. we did a panel some of you might remember we did a panel uh, to announce it yeah. at the uh, san francisco oh, i remember when you guys did that yeah. Yeah. yeah and it was so much fun we were so excited um, you know, we were really looking forward to working together. You know, we had like I think David Nutter was was uh, was attached to uh, direct the pilot, and there was a guy like every pilot like he ever made uh, went to series. Um, just an amazing track record. It it all just kind of fell apart. But- Darren had done this brilliant design for the new starship and and a proof of concept shot, visual effects yeah. shot to help us sell the, it to the studio. The, the NSEA Protector Three. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and nobody one or two. Yeah. Well, of course. Yeah. Well, now was the entire original cast going to come back for the show? They said that they would. (laughs) That was part of the problem. It was actually getting some of those people to come back or at least commit so that we could make creative decisions that would help push the show forward. But I will tell you that the clip show. Okay. Now, we all thought that they had completely just pulled, you know, all of those clips. They were supposed to be original material. But from like what I saw, part of the problem is that uh, they were pulling things. Um, some of them from deleted scenes, right? Mm-hmm. From episodes, right? They thought that was going to be their cost saver. That was the original big idea of how they were going to put this show together and make it work. But as it turned out, like in that era of making television, you didn't exactly save all of that stuff, right? That yeah. was like long before the era of nonlinear editing. It was, you know, you had to actually go back into the archives and find this, and they just didn't have it all. Right. Mm. Uh, and somebody decided, you know what? Like, maybe it will just cost less money if we just shoot everything new. It turned out, no. Yeah. No, it wasn't. didn't cost less. Well, again, for people who aren't familiar with the show, Steve, what can you tell us about sort of the origin, the genesis of uh, uh, the original Galaxy well, Quest? Yeah, of course, it was created by the great Frank Ross, right. who had a, a career in television as a writer producer for many years before that. And in a lot of ways, his his journey to television was echoed Gene Roddenberry's. Yeah. He was a veteran, you know, of uh, the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and the Korean War, actually, and uh, he was in the army, and uh, he had done a lot of drugs in Vietnam, which was part of his mind expanding. Right. You know that that helped too much LDS, too to, much LDS. To forget his experiences from the Korean War, e- exactly. Right. Yes, yeah. um, and you know he wrote a lot in syndicated television, mm-hmm. and uh, was approached to uh, to create his first original show and he he wrote a pilot uh, and it was originally conceived uh, as a western it was right. called West Quest right famously and they had actually shot 
the pilot, the right. whole pilot, West Quest. Um, but That's then, not on the Laserdisc, though. I've never oh, seen no. that. No, 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 no. no, no. Can, you, can, you, can you see it. the Paley Center? You know, I don't know. I've never looked I, in the Paley I've Center. Never checked I, there. It might be lost I to think, history. I think there's a copy, but there's a rights issue. Like, yeah. you basically have to go into the vault to yeah. be able to see it. They can't actually exhibit it. Or and go you, to Comic-Con and buy it on the Yeah, Google exactly. Yeah, okay. And you can't bring a notepad or anything in with you to view it. I, I think it's one of those. Gotcha. Um, okay. But the problem is that um, by that time, Westerns were completely dead. Yeah. And it, it didn't sell. And 1979, like yeah. nobody's doing Westerns. No, no you know? one at all. So it was rewritten right. rather quickly uh, as a naval adventure right. called Navy Quest. And it was right. going to be about a team of Navy SEALs mm-hmm. on a submarine. But, of course, you know, studios at the time still, even though Westerns were out, they still had a lot of their backlot assets, mm-hmm. Western towns. Yeah. You know, Universal had their Western Street, Warner's Ranch, you know, there, there were yeah, several Mel- West Melody, Melody Ranch, Melody Ranch as well. had a Western sets. Yeah, so there, the sets were available to do a Western. Navy show, though. Not you know, so much. No. I mean, they had the Lagoon at Universal Studios that was famously the, you know, the Pacific right. for McHale's Navy. The entire Navy. Pacific Ocean from McHale's Navy. Yeah. <laughs> And so they had those water tank assets, but you know, building a submarine and and doing all that was just way too expensive for television expensive. at that time. Yeah. So of course he's like, wait a minute, what's popular now? Space, right. Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica. You know, the Echo Star Trek was was doing well in mm. syndication, so it was quickly rewritten as Galaxy Quest. And the studio did have a lot of props and costumes and, and rubber masks left over from mm-hmm. uh, some space movies they had been making. So they were able to bring those to bear. Uh, you know what kills me? <laughs> it really annoys me. <laughs> I didn't watch it in first run. Like, I think I either was watching Dark Room or like mm-hmm. Time Express. Remember with yeah. Ray? and it's like I was I totally missed it. So it wasn't a lot a, of people didn't watch it. It wasn't until time. like the Laserdisc came out. And I'm like, oh, this looks interesting. That I said, oh, I'll, I'll check it out. And then you know, it's not it's not great. Well, it didn't. It never really aired in syndication. There were some weird legal rights that prevented the show from airing a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would sneak on every once in a while, you know, to like. You know, some local station after midnight might show it. But, right. You know, I missed a lot of them, too. My family moved. Uh, my father was in the Air Force, and, and uh, we had moved during a period when the show was on, so I missed a whole bunch of episodes. Oh, and, but I got a question, because I remember there was, like, Selective Vision. There was one disc. It was, like, mm-hmm. two episodes combined. So what was it like, back, like, when they were doing stuff like Destination Moonbase Alpha, where they cut things into was two it, parts? What was that? The Fires of Uranus, parts one and two? Yes! Yes! yes. Right. So it was like Bringers of Wonder where they combined it to right. one, two hour exactly movie. Right. Yeah. What, what yeah. was that about? Because I don't remember that at all. Okay. That was awesome. That was one of the great cliffhangers of all time. Yeah. I mean, I spent an entire summer and I could only think about Uranus for an okay. entire yeah. summer. Right. Well, it had that great cliffhanger line. You right. know, it's, from you know, years later, we had, you know, uh, Best of Both Worlds Part Two and Next Generation with, you know, you yeah. know, we have. We've engaged the Borg. Right. Fire. Right, right. You know, but back in, you know, I'm sure you remember this, you the know, great it, cliffhanger line. Yeah, it was uh, Commander Taggart, Uranus, it's on fire. And then cut to black. Right, it was that's funny. brilliant. No, yeah. the whole show was brilliant. I was lucky enough to catch it, the premiere, 1979. I remember because I was a huge Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Mm. It was game seven of the yeah. World Series up against the hated Baltimore Orioles. Yes. Those guys. Uh, and the game got rained out. Yeah. And this thing pops up on my television. And I was actually angry at it. Like, yeah. there was a part of my eight-year-old right. brain that thought it was Galaxy Quest's fault yeah. uh, that the game had been <laughs> right. rained out. And I wasn't going to see my pirates play. Uh, and honestly, by the end of the episode, I was I was utterly charmed. It yeah. was like that in Star Trek for me. Well, but, the, the edit of that two-parter for the theatrical release was very odd because they actually cut that line out. Yeah. yeah. And it... I mean, it, it flows directly into the into the second thing, and there's you know, if you hadn't seen the original versions, you wouldn't know it was missing, but there it was, and it, I think the edit was a little bad. It was terrible. Frankly, it's funny because we were at I mean uh, at Vegas at the Star Trek convention mm-hmm. a couple years ago, and uh, I could have sworn that. The actor, you know, the guy Flegman was there. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 but it was just some guy from like Next Generation who played an alien. Oh, but it was like oh. who, 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 like had a twin brother and played an alien. Like, I was like, oh, I thought that was guy. Wasn't he the guy that had the stand-up comedy? 
yeah. routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy who had to stand at Comic Con. So, so anyway, so look, so that, so tell well, us the a little. Show, well, you know, it premiered uh, with the episode. Oh gosh, it was called uh, "The Blue Winds of the Moon." Was right. the original right. pilot. So it, it premiered in September 1979. Was not a ratings. Wasn't even on the hit. radar. No, no, it was like. Were the know, critics not kind to it? I don't think, even think they renewed it. The, the I mean, reviewed didn't it. Even it was so bad. It. Yeah, it, it was, just kind of appeared. And it was it was struggling down in like below you know the sixties or seventies right. on the ratings charts, which you know, and that's really bad for. Although which, in today's today, you know five six million viewers a week, that's a top ten show. So right how does get re- yeah. why did it get it renewed? Well, it's because of this World Series right. thing. Mm. It was languishing for the first you know month or two until it replaced the game that's on right. the World Series, and suddenly all these people saw it. And they were just had their TV sets tuned. In those days, we didn't have remote controls. You know, you had to get up and go change the channel. You were the remote control. Yeah, yeah. children exactly. were the remote, remote control. control. Hey, yeah. kid, get up Cans. and go change so the channel. So people yeah. just that have the TVs on, like your family, Ashley, they just left the TV on. Right. And it, the, the show just came on. And you just, you know, space, like Star Wars was still fresh in our minds. Right. And Battle Stars, like, eh, you know, let's watch the space show. And it was like a top 10 show that week. Right. And people just kept coming back for more. Well, it was better than Quark. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. yeah, You know, because, I mean, it seems like all these shows were like, you know, trying to rip off something. But this, I mean, even though there was a Star Trek influence, it, it, it was a lot, it seemed like it had its own thing going on. I think, you know, more so than, say, something like Space 1999, it, it just seemed like it was a little more adventurous. Certainly the characters were more interesting, right. wouldn't you say? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you know, you got... You know, Jason Nesmith's portrayal of Peter Quincy Taggart, right. you know, the stalwart captain. But... Who got the role by accident. Yes. Totally. <laughs> yeah. This is a it great story. Do you want to tell him. the story? Um, he, I think he was going to a uh, uh, an audition for, I think it was One Life to Live. No, it, Some... it was Ordinary People. Oh, Ordinary oh, People. God. Ordinary oh, People, the Robert Redford movie. Right. But he went into the, the wrong office. Role. Right? Yes. Yeah, wow. He, he went into the wrong office. The wrong casting office. And he he got realize... lost on the lot. He didn't realize it. Uh, and so he tried out for this role, and he got the sides, and apparently he didn't notice. Right. Yeah. Um, but he nailed it. Yeah. Actually, his audition is uh, he he was off book for his Ordinary People audition, and he just walked into the Galaxy Quest audition, and he did the scene from Ordinary People. Wow. And that's how that he got it. That just knocked their is... so, you know, Frank Ross's socks off, and he's like, this is our yeah. Commander Taggart. That's right. So now, it, it, you know, Ordinary People, what about Ordinary Aliens? Uh, Alexander Dane, oh. I mean, you know, if there's anything people remember from that show, it's his performance. Well, yeah. Frank Ross uh, saw him in, I think, a uh, an off-Broadway production. Had he had something. he come to the States yet, or was he still in London? I don't remember. He saw uh, him on stage, though. Yeah, it was, it was either in New York or maybe, he, maybe on a, tr- a trip to London or something. Right. And he burned the scenery so much, I think, yeah. actually, literally. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but... He apparently was so magnetic to uh, Mr. Ross that um, he said, well, we got to put this guy behind some rubber uh, yeah. and, and have him be our alien. But, you know, he, he was proven right many times that uh, he did Which, an amazing by the way, it wasn't the first time Frank Ross had said that about somebody. If you have ever been to the Ross estate up in the hills. Oh, you'd oh know. no, yeah, I've never yeah. been up there. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. Like, uh, I guess, oh, we... Uh, we uh, had a little shindig there that you were supposed to get the invite to. Oh, yeah, and that's right. My one chance yeah. to go to the Ross estate. I mean, I've been to the Roddenberry estate, and that was that's pretty great. damn yeah. cool. But, but the you know, Ross estate? That's pretty wild, man. Well, because he's a bit of a recluse now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then but, how did Fred... Dan, Alexander Dane, you know, to, to circle back quick, you know, he was a rising star in England. He right. was... Uh, you know, a graduate of the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. He was, you know, doing all these Shakespeare plays in London. He was doing guest spots on British television. Mm-hmm. And his agent talked him into moving to Hollywood. Right. And like, that's the way to take your career to the next level is to come to come out to Hollywood. And, and you, Laurie, ironically, you, yeah. he, he demanded the extra makeup to hide his face because he yeah. didn't want to be recognized yeah. doing this show. Well, that was right. smart. He wanted, yeah. he wanted the money, but... He didn't yeah. want to be recognized in England. It was a 10-hour yeah. yeah. process right. to yeah. sit in the chair. I mean, yeah. it took 10 hours to get the makeup on. It took six to get the makeup off. I mean, you had to reuse you... that head. They didn't have the budget, right. so they had to be super careful about getting that headpiece off. It, totally. Apparently, he the only time he had to sleep uh, was when they were putting the makeup on. Yeah. He never actually went home at night. Yeah. Um, he barely had an opportunity to eat. 
uh, yeah. just because of the reset. So they fed him through a tube. Yeah. Like while they were doing the makeup for three years. Three I mean, how did years. this guy put up with that? I mean, you can see why he's his you know post Galaxy Quest. He's been kind of bitter and reluctant to right. talk about the show. It was it was a pretty harsh experience. A lot of highs and lows. Totally. Why he resisted doing the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know of course his his contentious relationship with Taggart. Right. Yeah. With with uh, yeah, Jason, Jason Nesmith. Nesmith. Um, but that was know. everybody. Yeah, I mean, you know, why he, did they all hate him so much? Because he was like, it, they hated him because they thought that they were equal stars of the show yeah. along with him, and they were wrong. When they and they were wrong. Oh, clearly, it's Jason Esmith's show. Yeah, of course. Well, he, you he's know, the captain. He's the captain. He's the, he, he's the first, you know, first uh, credit on the show, and you know, I think all the other actors started going to these conventions, and uh, sort of uh, saw the adulation from the crowds, uh, from everybody, and. They began to think more of their roles. That's right. You know, and they began to feel uh, emboldened and um, well until Nesmith, and until Nesmith started going to the cons. Well, right. that's true. And, and then he eclipsed all of them. And then they hated him even more. Yeah. That's right. But I mean, look, look, they, they were all great. We we have affection for all of them. But I don't recall that clip show being told from Tech Sergeant Chen's point of view. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, those, those scenes would not have been exciting. It, it's so funny because a couple of years ago, I was at Cut when it first opened, the Wolfgang Puck hmm. Steak Restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, I love my steak. Yeah. And I saw him at a table and I went up. Fred to Kwan? The, no, Jason. Oh, Nesbitt. Jason. Oh. Nesbitt. And I went up and I just said, you know. Fred look, Kwan's a vegetarian. I, yeah. I just yeah. want yeah. you to know, I'm a, you know, a really big fan of, um, of, of Gal- you know, Galaxy Quest. I don't, I don't believe anybody even remembers that story. Uh, whatever, and he turns away, and it's like and I don't think I, you've ever told me this. Yeah, story. and then and then and I mentioned. I said, uh, I said, oh yeah, you know, it's been a big influence on this new show I'm doing. And then all of a sudden, Uh-oh, it right. could not have been more friendly. Oh, oh really? Tell me about it. You could tell he was so desperate for work because you know he went from being a total jerk to like, oh, just another one of these Galaxy Quest freaks to like, oh, how cool it is. You know, it was like, oh, and then he was like, oh, we should have lunch. It's like we should have lunch. At that point, I was like checked out. I'm like, well, I'm, I got to go have dinner, and you know, I'll, I'll call your agent. It's like, oh, have my number. Take my number. It was like, we so- tried to cast him in uh, the reboot of Transformers. That was in Transformers Prime. We wanted him to play Optimus Prime. He would been a perfect Optimus Prime. And you know, he wanted. He quoted some outrageous figure. I and remember. like, this is an animated series. It's like, we man. don't. We cannot go more than double scale on this show. Right. He wanted like one hundred forty thousand dollars. It was, right? it was for, insane. For, I was for, like for four days of work. Yeah, yeah. Well, for sitting in a for, in a for booth. Yeah, exactly. For three hours with no lights in his face, no lights, no costumes. He Nobody just has to read some words on a music stand for three hours. He wanted one hundred forty. And so, like, because episode. you were fans of his, you wanted to celebrate, yeah. you know, what he meant to you in that show that nobody even remembers. Yeah, right. And then he just was a total dick about but, it. But you know, I'll we did end up all. getting Fred Kwan and Gwen DeMarco in that show. Oh, and that's they cool. couldn't have been nicer they were a delight and i'll tell you who else and, and this is maybe giving away a, a, a little bit but you know steve and i have been trying to work together now for for 10 years after galaxy quest fell yeah, apart we were gonna, i was going to be on your writing staff damn right show. and uh and finally we, we've got an opportunity in the last year and uh and i will tell you and this is kind of a spoiler and look sometimes thing, these things get revoiced uh but i'll tell you who is a total sweetheart total pro uh you know and frankly we just started writing him into episodes just again and again just to bring him back with sky fleet yes mm-hmm. that, oh, that's he, funny of Guy, all people of all people he was so great because he could just disappear yeah. into the role like he yeah. would forget his own name almost and he would just give you read after read after read and just i mean i can't say enough good things about there the might guy. be an just... episode where you have like five lines and we'd be like and he's like you know are we are we done and we would have to like confer like can we give him? You know, we got to give him some, some more lines. lines. We, he yeah. came all the way right. down here, and he has been such a cheerleader and such a sweetheart. I mean, this guy—he has got the passion, the excitement, and you know, he just loved being in Galaxy Quest. Well, to the extent that he was, yeah. he, he was kind of like remember the old logo for Avis? We try harder. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, guy was like he tried hard because he he didn't make much of an impression on the show. Yeah. So, but he milked his post he, he Galaxy know, Quest career. He didn't even have a character name for the longest That's time. Time on that show, yeah, and until you know, I think it was, it was season two, season three before they even gave him a name. God, you're making me want to hook up my laser disc player. Yeah. Well, Does anyone know? Because uh, I haven't heard f- uh, or seen in him in anything recently, um, like within the last ten years. What happened to Tommy Weber? Uh, I oh, heard that, yeah. uh, <laughs> that he, you know, and uh, prostitution, all kinds of what? Things that, 
Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, like I mean, buying or selling. <laughs> I, yeah, I hadn't heard that rumor, but like he, he got very much. He, he I also heard he was, he was a little kid. Amber Heard, so. yeah, right? Yeah. Well, Tommy, he was a little kid when he sure. made Galaxy Quest, and he was a bit of a handful on the set by all accounts. I mean, he was a child, right. but you know, he was prone to headaches. Everything would give him a headache. He would shut the set down with his temper tantrums and his headaches. So they had to shoot around him. And mm-hmm. but you know he was a part of the core cast. So they you know they had to keep him in the show. But he he was really influenced by the show and this idea of extraterrestrial life and space exploration. He was really involved in the search for extraterrestrial life. I think he was on the board of the Carl Sagan you know SETI. Search for extraterrestrial intelligence. Right. Uh, he used to do, you know, promo stuff for them, and I think he still does seminars and stuff. But it's he's got a little. Yeah, maybe it was Uncle Carl who uh, taught him how to. Yeah, it's not like Aaron Gray was telling us about Gary Coleman. He was like, oh, tell us about working with Gary Coleman. Oh the and she said he that was, was a nightmare, you know. Oh. And it was like, and it was like same thing with Tommy. These kid actors, you know, they it's they, too they, much pressure. It's too it's, much pressure. Yeah. They they're used to getting everything they want. People treat them. You know, like they walk on water, and then the second show's over, they got to go back yeah, to normal life. What a life. horrible realization! And it's really that hard is. to readjust sure. after all. Well, and and it didn't help that his parents, you know, finagled all of his money. You know, he, he wow, had to sue right. his own parents. Yeah. Like, How do you I mean, now there's a lot that? more protections for that those kind yeah. of things, but you still can't protect those kids from just the the crazy uh, the crazy parents. I mean, we've certainly auditioned kids who've who've come mm. in and have been so terrifying. You know, with their resumes and their preparedness and their attitude and their professional demeanor, that we're like, my God, it would be it would be wrong for us to cast this kid because we're just encouraging these parents yeah. to turn this kid into a robot. And yeah. and Tommy was exactly that kid. Yeah. You know, it's it's it should be a warning to all of us. So when the show got picked up for a second season, it changed a little bit. You know, they had some new sets and they some, 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 some they had a little budget bump. I think they were able to. You know, they got a some yeah they got an engine room set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite season? Season two. I think I would have to say that too because yeah. that that's that's the season that has my favorite episode in it. Which was which, which was uh, enemy friend, enemy foe. Oh, enemy friend, yeah. enemy so, foe. Again, for our audience that doesn't know the show as well, what, what was that about? Well, it's it's fascinating because they had all of the main characters playing sort of almost duplicates of themselves, but as completely different people. It was it sort of like, like that, a mirror universe in Star Trek. Yeah. It was different. It, it was sort of uh, the closest thing is like the the Wizard of Oz, mm, right? Yeah. So yes. so they they're meeting they're meeting these other uh, you know a, a couple of them were aliens and a couple of them were uh humans and but they were playing completely different characters. But it was fascinating the way they, you know, did it at the time with the split screens and everything to have, you know, uh, uh Nesmith playing against himself and uh but um, it's just fascinating because the story uh, of basically discovering who you are through another is fascinating. Yeah. And I, I, you know, and what a tour de force! It's, it's really rewatching from Alexander Dane, who puts all of his training. I mean, he, the character that he plays in that show is so utterly different from Doctor Lazarus. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 incredible. It's so much fun. He's so much fun. I mean, you would think, and that's one of the, it's one of the first examples of you know showing a, a trans person. Yeah, uh, you know, in yes, that show doesn't get enough as, credit as a for as a it, as a real. You know, sort of yeah. person. Yeah, it was really ahead of its time, I yeah. guess you could say yeah, that. Yeah. What about you, Steve? What's your favorite episode? Well, there's one also in the second season, uh, towards the end of the second season, called Whom Gods Annoy. Right. And uh, that's about the, the, the protector uh, uh, visits a planet and the people on the planet, you know, receive them as gods. But, you know, they don't understand the culture and, and the way they try to sort of shepherd and administer this planet and solves its problems only makes things worse. Mm-hmm. So the people on this planet, you know, it, their society starts to crumble and and, 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 it, and it turns bad. I mean, everything right. just turns into a nightmare scenario and Taggart has to they learn. They start blaming the crew for their failures. Yeah. And, you know, it's sort of like. You could imagine this as being like a prime directive story in Star Trek. Like maybe that's where the prime directive came out of situations like this. But it created this this, this, basically this disaster on the space. It was kind of a real downbeat episode because for a change, they left the planet in worse shape than they found it. Mm. 
Well, I love, you know, the fact that it was always putting a spin on the Star Trek tropes. Like, it was aware of it. Like, the episode, I forget what it was called, where uh, Fred Kwan is stranded on the planet with all those women, you know, and it's mm. like he's the only man. And normally it's like Telerian, about the, Telerian pleasure cruise. What, where right. where yeah. they want to escape. Yeah. But Fred wants to stay. Yeah. And was it like Charlene Tilton was the guest yeah. star on that? It was like all those great Oh, and that costume stars. she had. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty. Even by like early '80s standards, that was... I know it was like Pamela Hemsley, Buck Rogers type yeah. thing, and uh, and you know, and 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 it's just the way he plays it. Like you don't quite know if he's stoned or not, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he just wants to stay. And when he does that whole thing, pleading with Jason, and you know, Jason makes up that whole story about how they have to have Fred on board. They need him. The the ship, the protector can't function without him. And he like really believes it. And then Dayan is like, you can see with the eyebrow, doesn't believe, yeah. he knows he's selling him a bill of goods, yeah. but it gets him back on the ship. And then of course we found out they would have eaten him. Yeah. So right it's just as well that he went back with the crew. Oh. It's 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 interesting that the the role of uh, Tech Sergeant Chen. Was uh, was written for uh, an Asian actor, mm-hmm. right? Um, Fred Kwan goes in there, uh, not telling them that he had changed his name <laughs> to an Asian name, right. and so he he basically yeah. sort of uh, stole uh, another uh, another culture to uh, you know cultural appropri- appropriation appropriated in 1979 the, uh, appropriated the the role of an Asian actor to get yeah. the job. But that that back then that was common. It was like you would have. You know, um, uh, Caucasians playing. Well, I was well, yeah. I was going to say, but Caucasians playing uh, Mexicans. You know, who yeah, would they put Iron on? Iron Cody was right. an Italian, right? Yeah. Playing a Native American. <laughs> you know, it was pretty common. So, wh- what about you? What's your favorite episode? Uh, honestly, I mean, look, uh, everybody knows I am obsessed with the fires of Uranus. Yeah. Uh, but I think the best episode is a little gem uh, called Today is Tomorrow is Yesterday. Oh, yeah. It is so good. It's heartbreaking. Um, and that's the episode where uh, Lieutenant Lurito, apparently from the future, mm-hmm. uh, comes back to warn us about an impending disaster involving the mission that we're currently on. But the question is, is this actually Lieutenant Lurito from the future? Um, is it an alien Mm -hmm. uh, or is it some other clever representation of Laredo designed to make us doubt uh, ourselves as we as we as we grapple with the war that's raging on this planet Um, and Robert Guillaume was great in the role of adult Laredo absolutely heartbreaking especially when you realize at the end that he is in fact Laredo from the future and his and that he was the only survivor yes Exactly. And he's and he can't tell us that because he is he is desperate to save us. And at the same time, he's terrified that by saving us, he could he, doom he us could to an doom. even worse face for his fate or doom himself. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. And his relationship uh, with Tommy Weber uh, was just it was right. quite something. It was, I think, not since, you know, different strokes. Have we seen you know, that kind of a father-son right. relationship. Well, it's funny because that's a show where so many episodes were dopey and ridiculous, but then occasionally it would surprise you with a really, you know, sort of powerful, uh, potent kind of episode like that, and that was one of them. But they were few and far well, between. I mean, that, of course, that was a period before the, the rise of the modern writer's room, so they didn't have, you know, a staff. It was of, a lot of freelancers. Right, a lot yeah. of freelancers, and you didn't know what you were going to get with some of those freelancers. And, and Frank Ross, let's be honest, he couldn't do everything. No, he you know? couldn't. He he delegated a lot, and unfortunately. But to be fair, I mean he he did he was able to use some of the footage from WestQuest in uh, in uh, one of the yes. episodes, just sort of playing in the in the background. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, uh, it was a great money saver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's debatable, but <laughs> at, at least he at least he got royalties for it. Yeah. You know, so. He knew how to make money. That's probably why it's hard to get a copy. They probably cut the actual negative. Well, that's, that's why you can't find West that's Quest anywhere. possible, too. Yeah, so, interesting. Darren, when you were designing the Protector 3, mm-hmm. like, what would you say were your biggest influence? What were you, what were you, what was like your, your guiding light? And th- this was, by the way, this was for, uh, we called it Galaxy Quest The Next Generation. The Next Generation. That was kind of a working title. Right. right. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, there was a sequel series, very short-lived, uh, 20 years ago, uh, in the wake of that movie, the Galaxy Quest movie. Right. You know, right. The less said about the better. Yeah. Well, it was so um, disrespectful to yeah. the original oh, actors. Oh, my God. And they didn't even give them cameos. No. No, you know? it was terrible. 
But they were they made the Galaxy Quest of Journey continues. Mm-hmm. You know, it, they did bring back the original cast for it, but it it really didn't work. So th- we were attempting to bring back the glory. Right, of that's Galaxy right. Quest. I'm sorry. Well, look, I, I I love the design of the original Protector. I think you know there's there's not a lot you can uh, do to that to make it any better. So you know, to be quite honest, I I just took the original and just added a, a few more engines on it, because you know. How can you how can you change something that looks so good? Mm. Well, it's graceful, but it's got sort of a muscular feel to it. Those extra engine pods right. like give it panther. that sense of strength. Yeah, yeah. Sex because panther. you know it was going to go. Well, we probably shouldn't just pitch this idea out there for free sure. because you know we you know we can still be happy to do it. Of course, right. Well, look, I the the gist of our take on it was that this new crew on the new protector. Um, basically sort of had to backtrack a little bit to the missions that the original Protector uh, had gone on. and To boldly go back right. to where they had gone before. Right. Because, like like we were talking about in uh, Whom mm-hmm. Gods Annoy, uh, some of these missions ended badly for the planets that they uh, visited. Right. And so the Protector 3 had to try and fix what went before. And my favorite thing was having the attorney on the bridge as the first who had officer, more, you know, right. the first officer yeah. to, you know, who was butting, butting heads, but also romantic interest for Taggart, you know, basically because her job was like to make first contact and, and, and to avoid any litigation yeah. and to yeah. get them to sign, you know, uh, the, the, you know, NDAs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of really funny that you would have a the, situation. The legal paperwork so that the, you know, the Confederation wouldn't be held, you know, responsible, responsible for, liable any, for all anything. the issues. Yeah, like, I mean, if you spread a disease because you beam down to a planet and you spread some kind of virus and killed a bunch of people, you know, they could sue you. But, yeah, you know. Right. And Fred Kwan was going to do it, too. I know. Yeah. And, and you know, we were trying to get Nesmith. But we only needed him to do Captain's Logs for right. us. So we, we would watch Captain's Log holog- holograms yeah. so they could see what he was, you know, his mission logs from the original, the original adventure. And, and try to piece together how he'd screwed it up. Yeah. And it was, it was kind of a riff on yeah. today is tomorrow's yesterday. Yeah. So, super fun stuff. Well, now, why was the third season such a disaster? Well, <laughs> well there was the strike, yeah. of course. And they started reusing old scripts and just changing the titles. Yeah. Right. That that was the main, not a good that idea. That was the main thing. I All mean, right. the strike, you had episodes where, like, you know, Nesmith and Tommy Weber were the only actors that would cross the strike line. Right. Mm-hmm. So they made, you know, what, three or four episodes with just the two of them right. and a bunch right. of extras. Right. So you had yeah, these right. guest stars, yeah, like, yeah. randomly appearing yeah. on the bridge, like, where's Fred Kwan? Where's Gwen DeMarco? Yeah. You know, where's like, where's Dr. Lazarus? They're on a, Lazarus stage, for they're on a secret mission. You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was one they were on a secret mission. Uh, there was one they were sick. There right. was yeah. one where they had, like, phased out of our reality into yeah. a different reality, mm-hmm. and the whole idea was, how do we get back to our reality with everyone else? And yeah. I couldn't believe they they have the space flu. And it's like, oh my God, like, the space like, flu. It's like, no, no, it, the, wait, it was the solar flu. The solar, solar flu. Because yeah, the the they caught it, down the solar, solar flu. It just and, and it was like, what? The solar flu? And you this could tell you all they do? did was change the character names in the script with the guest stars. So right. like, that's clearly supposed to be Dr. Lazarus. He's, his dialogue has not even changed. Yeah. And you've got, you know, some guest star saying it, some extra. Right. It was almost as bad as when the Dukes of Hazard replaced, uh, you know, Bo and Luke with like the two cousins. I mean, who remembers that? Like, I think Joan Van Ark played uh, Gwen DeMarco's character. I mean, you know, it was clearly supposed to be, you know, Tawny Madison, but it was, you know, Joan well, Van Ark playing, I mean, you know, so and whatever. And you, know, you knew right? what was going on because remember in But What of Lazarus and, and, oh. and you come to the planet and like they put him, his consciousness into a giant supercomputer. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, because obviously you don't have Alexander Dane yeah. to play him and, and then, then he's like you must continue the mission without me but then the next episode that's just like he's on right there, there. Yeah. Yeah. Focal clips. <laughs> that was ridiculous clips over some blinky lights and that's supposed to be Alexander know, Lazarus Dane. communicating from inside the computer memory and they filter it so you can't tell where yeah. it's looped by another actor yeah exactly I mean, it's but at least just, he had the respect not to cross the picket line look yeah. for all the for all the downfalls that happened during the third season I think we can all agree that the first two seasons were golden uh, that's that, an overstatement. Well, it got we off were, to a little bit of a rocky were, start. It was fun. It found its feet by the end of the first season. The second right. season was strong. Yeah, it, it's sub Star Trek, but better than Space 1999. 
And I think it... I, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, well, a lot of things... Well, look, I love Space 1999, but a lot of things are better than Space 1999. But uh, mm. but I, uh, yeah. uh, I, I think you're kind of selling Galaxy Quest short. I mean, there is... It wasn't just a cheesy Star Trek ripoff. It was a show that I mean, had it was, something to say. It, it was, but it that. wasn't just yeah. that. It it was a show that had something to say and it said it, Did it every week twenty-six times a year. Whether we liked it or not, it just kept saying it. Uh you know, one episode at a time. And the effects don't hold up at all. Oh, no, yeah, but the protector's pretty... a great design. I think it's a great design. But I mean, I think it's horrible that they can't put it on high def because all the effects were done low res on video and, and it's just like you know, Jeff Walters, who designed the Protector, mm-hmm. you know, he's really someone who's on the level with, you know, a Ralph McQuarrie or a uh, Andrew Jeffries. Probert or a Matt yeah. Jeffries. You guys really love this show, don't you? Of course. Yeah, that's well, why know, we're doing I this retrospective. You know, I have a lot of affection for it. I, it's not, a, I would not argue that it's a great show. It's not, of course, not as good as Star Trek. No. But it holds a special place in my heart. I was the right age. It was the right show for me at that time. And it lives largely in my memories because it's Nearly unavailable. You yeah. know? Well, so I, mean, I, I, I just, it's like Star Trek 2 came out. It's like I could care less about Galaxy Quest at that point. Well, you know, it was like, oh, okay, Star Trek's back. Who needs this, you know, ripoff of Star Trek? Well, you could argue that, you know, Galaxy Quest ended its run in, in 1982. Mm-hmm. You could argue that it was. 1982 that right. killed Galaxy yeah, Quest. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was yeah. such a pivotal year for genre entertainment. It was just one iconic thing after another from, you know, Road Warrior and E.T. and Blade Runner and Star Trek II and Conan the Barbarian and The Thing and, you know, just one amazing film after another. And, and Galaxy that, Quest was showing the age of its yeah. origins. I mean, it just it just kind of was. It just didn't it stopped feeling relevant at the same time that it stopped being good. Yeah. You know, because I think Frank Ross was kind of stepping back from the show. He was spending more time at the house. Yeah. You know, the I mean, compound. <laughs> the compound. I think just the, the pressure of dealing with the actors. Did he, was you, a, so you've been, is there actually a lagoon pool? There at is the, actually like, a lagoon pool. Like the Playboy pool. Mansion? Yes. Oh my. And I went into it and I remember sitting there thinking, oh my God, I am sitting in the lagoon pool where uh, Galaxy Quest was conceived. And then I thought, this was where Frank Ross Jr. was conceived, (laughs) and I got up out of the lagoon. I just, but still, I mean, the stories that you hear about things that happen in that lagoon, the cast parties, I mean, come on, man. I mean, uh, mean, look, I don't blame Frank Ross at all for starting to collapse a little bit during the third Uh, season. And and he, he sold out to make, you know, he took the paycheck for the movie, mm-hmm. you know, right. in, in, was it 99, 2000? Well, when you get divorced I 10 times, well, I yeah, mean... 10 times, that's, that's bad even for Hollywood standards. That's right. I mean, that makes Glenn but Larson friend, positively you know, our, committed. That's, our friend Bill George worked on the movie, right. and the, the his movie version of The Protector is is quite good. It really it's is. It's a beautiful update. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful recreation. You and it's hanging to this movie. day in Industrial Light and right. Magic in the Presidio in San Francisco. It's in a stairwell along with the... Uh, the enemy ship. Uh, right. What were those villains? They made them up for the I don't movie. know. They, they made were them up. really dumb. Um, but the crabhead aliens. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I remember going up there, too. It was on another project. And it never ended up happening. But he went on at length. He was very proud of that pool. Because he would mm. say that when you go in the pool, there's like these minerals, you know, like like a hot springs kind of thing that make you smarter. He called it the IQ. He didn't call it the lagoon pool. He called it the IQ pool. What? And he said, going mm. in this pool makes you smarter. And I said, are you trying to get me to go in the pool? No, 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 not you. He said, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but, mean the general. Yeah. 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 But he says, I try and, I, you know, say, come to the IQ pool. I said, is that your pickup line? He says, well, you know. And, and I said, well, well I don't know how smart later, that yeah. is. Yeah. The big brain on Frank. Yeah, exactly. The IQ pool. Well, oh, my God. I, I, I want to throw this question out. Yeah. How would you feel about a reboot? Of Galaxy A complete Quest. reboot. A complete reboot. Like a like Galaxy break. Quest just redoing the original show. You know, much like the Galactica reboot. Ah. Right. Interesting. I mean, obviously, we had our our sequel series right. in mind, which I would still love to do. Absolutely. A reboot. But who would you cast for the reboot? Oh, yeah. Who would you cast as Taggart? Oh, my Ryan God. Gosling. Well... Could we get him? I don't know. But, you know, in the age of He'd streaming, Netflix would pay for it. Yeah, yeah. They'd pay That's for him true. as Taggart. That'd be great. And then Gwen DeMarco. Who's Gwen DeMarco? Who is Gwen DeMarco? Margot Robbie. 
Oh, my God. Yeah, you're, you're, you're casting the movie version, yeah. not yeah, the TV yeah, yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we need TV budget. Yeah, the only reason I think we could get Gosling is because he's a huge fan of Galaxy Quest. I found that is out. Is he? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Alexander Jane is Zachary Quinto. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that, 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 that's pretty funny, he'd actually. probably be pretty yeah, good. Zachary Quinto. And I think Fred Kwan, you got a Fred Kwan playing Well, he's uh, still Tex, around, Tex, man. Tex, he could come yeah, back. He could come back. Yeah, yeah. He could come back. And then you got to recast, uh, you know, Tommy, you obviously. Have Tommy, unfortunately. Sadly. Yeah, but you know you could do that as a CG character. Yeah. You know you right. don't need it to. Uh, or you could cast it as a girl. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. that's probably that's probably the well, way to get, go. Well, uh, get Millie Bobby Brown. Yeah, that's great idea. Stranger Things. That's good. Um, or JC Brandon, she's available. You're you know, trying to re- find her work. Who? J- well, from Tapestry, we, she was on the show. Right, a right. Of weeks ago. Yeah, oh. she'd be great. We're, 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 yeah. Um, I don't know how. I mean, this my only problem with doing a, a hard reboot is I. I guess because I just like guys so much as a human, mm-hmm. like I have a hard time imagining Galaxy Quest without Guy. What about casting him as Taggart? No, he would. Mm. No, he doesn't have the gravitas. Now, I don't uh, think so. He could. He could be in maybe an admiral or something. Mm. At yeah. The... Right. He's like you know Victor Garber on Orville, where he just occasionally phones yeah. in. Oh yeah. No. I don't know. It's it's tough, right? But you know, the thing there was a special. Iconic. There was such a special chemistry, and they were right. such iconic. Yeah. But now that there've been all these Star Trek ripoffs, you know, not ripoffs, homages, like uh, you know, Orville and 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 uh, Discovery, and all these things are, you know, will we'll, um, you know, is there a place for Galaxy Quest? You know that that really you didn't reinvent the wheel; it kind of just polished the wheel. Well, what if we Put just did, tire. you know, Galaxy Quest Taggart? Oh, an old tagger. An old tagger. See, see uh, what, what's going on in his life after, you know, now use the original Jason, have Jason come back and right. play him as an old man. Because he's, you know, he, on his life. he is really, he's, he's pretty bitter. And, you know, when you think that after Galaxy Quest was canceled, the shows that he was up for and didn't quite yeah. get, I mean, he was going to be Don Johnson's role on Miami Vice. Right. He was going to be... You know, Mag- Thomas Magnum on Magnum P.I. He was going to be, you know, Dirk people Benedict's character on the A-Team. He was going to be like Face him. Man. People yeah. didn't like him. Yeah. He was he was rude and, yeah. and he, he, you know. He, Entitled. And that's what all his cast members say. But yeah. maybe that dynamic could be useful for the character. That's right. And maybe he could he's learned it. something, yeah. right? It's yeah. like that's that sort of experience. And we could, you know, leverage that in you know, developing the Because the character show. of Taggart would probably be really bitter, too. Yeah. Mm. After all these years of non, you know, non-action. You imagine like, you know, three decades of just kind of being out to pasture of like people looking at his record and, you know, Second this guessing every decision, every right. decision. sending lawyers out into space right. to fix his problems. That's right. Not fix really appreciating the things that, that he had, not really appreciating the things that he had accomplished that he'd accomplished the hard way. Yeah. Right. And just kind of putting him on a path towards redemption. Um, you know, there would be a great opportunity to go back and kind of like meet some of the other actors and sort of just bring them in when we wanted them. Well, you know, maybe there's we can finally do the full blown romance between him and you know and Ken Marshall. I, <laughs> I don't know if you want to see that consummated. Plus, you well, know, they were almost they were engaged. Yeah. during the run of the show, the two of them. There's there was some real chemistry. It was on again, you know, off again. It's show it chemistry. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, like shows always ruin. Like you know, that's why yeah. it was good. Night Court. They never got married. You know, wouldn't it be right. great if like. You know, they were supposed to get married and then it fell apart. But she ran off and uh, and she What's married uh, Guy Fleegman. Oh my <laughs> God! Like, that's, see, that's funny. That would be that. I can that's see Nesbitt being so bitter because when the true, the real love of his life, which he can never admit, and because he couldn't say "I love you" to her, ends up ma- marrying Guy Fleegman. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. red shirt, Rock Ingersoll. It's like at least I knew yeah. he would be there. <laughs> or Texas Sar- security Ten. chief Tech Ingersoll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I, I think there are a lot of possibilities. Or actually, the most interesting version is she marries. You know, Doctor Lazarus, right? Yeah. yeah, and then he would really there'd be your old friends who are now right. Anime. You know, but a- is Doctor Lazarus capable of giving that much of himself, of of expressing the depth of love that? No, I but think she that, is that capable Connie of Madison doing this requires. to piss off Taggart. Oh my God! Okay, you know? yeah. so it's not that they necessarily uh, real. There's real love there, but she could appeal to. Uh, Lazarus's ego, but it's all because she wants to piss off Taggart. So she gets married to Doctor Lazarus, and then you know Taggart is so angry that it brings him back to to to, to active duty. And actually, you know, now that you know the restrictions on content are mm. less so on 
certainly streaming uh, uh, channels. Um, it might be interesting to explore some of the Mokhtar love rituals that they talked yeah. about on the show, mm. but actually never explained. Yeah, but where are we going to get the stuntmen who are that, equipped? That flexible? Yeah, yeah that completely. Limber. Yeah, and are going to like sign the waivers. I, think I mean, we got a taste. Too negative. We got a this. taste yeah. of that, but it was a, it was a more you know a conservative time. There was the, the episode Friends Never Forget, where right. uh, uh, Lazarus was pregnant. And right. we found out he was pregnant with his mother's child. Right, that because was crazy. that that yeah. was that was a mind blower. How do you have? How is a man, a male, pregnant with his, his mother's right. child? But That's what made it fraught for me. We learned that the, the their species passes eggs down through generations, and that egg was f- fertilized by a series of incidents in the episode, and 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 it was fertilized within his vulvic sac. But, you know, it, it was all for naught because we just we learned at the end it was all he just had indigestion from some bad tick, well, you know, blood ticks. But he was this close to being his own grandpa. I would like to see a Galaxy Quest take place because, you know, for a show called Galaxy Quest, there's not a lot of questing. Right. And there's yeah. not a lot of Galaxy. galaxies. So I would like to see that. That's just me. Um, any well, last one, thoughts? Well, you know, and you know, there's so many great things that came out of Galaxy Quest. We had, of What's course, the, the great saying, never give up, never surrender. Sure. But everyone forgets another line that was came out of Galaxy Quest but had a whole second life, and that's, have it your way. Right. Mm-hmm. That was a line right. from Galaxy Quest that the Burger King Corporation right. took for yeah. their commercials. It became their tag. Which line. is ironic because there's, like, no Galaxy Quest merchandise. I mean, I've looked for it. There was the I, model kit. That's yeah. about right. it. Yeah. And and I think they had some toy, uh, you know, uh, toy. Uh, what, uh, but no action figures. Well, there's the there's the, the Frank Ross vault uh, where they have this the closest thing we have to toys where you can go back and you sort of see like some of the props from the show. Like the Ross vault is, ba- is up there like in the uh, in the mansion and all that. But it's, does he still have that stuff? He still has. Oh, it, see, you know? see, but the best stuff. I don't know if you ever met Marty Abrams from Mego. Is they were going to do the Galaxy Quest line after in Star Migo? Trek after the Star Crazy. Trek the Motion Picture, but oh, Star Trek the Motion Picture line bombed so bad, Mego went out of business, and they never put out the Galaxy Quest. Did action they figures. do prototypes? That's the question. Yeah, well, that's if what I'm so, saying. We should try to find. They them. did yeah. do prototypes. I don't think they did the entire cast, but I know they did uh, tag. And they, but they used other people's likenesses. Like it's really weird. Like I could swear that Gwen DeMarco was on Nichelle Nichols' body from Star Trek, oh, which wow. makes no sense because it's like. Her head, but it's Nichelle Nichols' body. It's almost like a transporter accident. But maybe that was just for the prototype. I don't know. Was it? I, I thought I heard that uh, uh, Adam West's likeness was used for the Taggart face. Hmm. I, I think it was. Yeah. Because he looks nothing like him. It looks. Yeah. Change the hair color. It looks nothing like him. Yeah. So it, it looks more like Adam West than it looks like uh, Jason Esmond. So that's really, yeah. I, I think they toys. just took their other action figures yeah. and, like, because they were on the way out and just trying to, you know, come up with what they could. Because then they had characters that weren't even in the show yeah. and aliens that weren't in the show. Mm. And I think that they were just from other they lines. They could just put some different costumes, the Galaxy Quest jumpsuit right. on on a, on a Star Trek Mego or a, a, you know, a Chips or Dukes of Hazard Mego or something. Totally. You know? Welcome back, Cotter Mego. Exactly. The sweat hogs. Sweat hogs, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what's the legacy, Darren, of uh, Galaxy Quest? You know, it's hard to say. I, I wish they would somehow release the original episodes again. Um, I mean, Ross is still alive, right? I mean, I, so they say. Okay, I, I, why I know, is he holding on to these rights? I so know you're going to be upset with me because you, you haven't announced it yet. But I know you've been working on new effects and that you're trying to get the studio interested in putting it out with they, new effects. Is how, anything happening with that? I mean, they're interested, but again, uh, Mr. Ross is is uh, is playing hardball with them. It's like, oh. on what? Gosh, ridiculous. He he doesn't realize that this is the last chance. Yeah. He's been spending been too much time years. in the IQ yeah. pool. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's you know it's the it's having the opposite effect. Yeah, I think yeah. his IQ is uh, is but, descending. You know, some of the some of the effects we've come up with for it are you know for our presentation, were really work well, and we've tra- you know been trying to you know keep up with the unfortunately the quality of the video of the live action, yeah. uh, which is very difficult to make it you know look cohesive. But um, you know, I would love to see that happen, but. I'm fine if they just release the original episodes as they are, cool. honestly, yeah. at this point. I mean, that's what we remember. Yeah. Yeah. And be that, you know. So I'll never get rid of my LaserDisc player. Yeah. So, um, or my Selectivision player for that one episode, <laughs> Fires of Rains. So, um, legacy, what's the legacy in the future of, of, uh, of Galaxy Quest, sir? 
So um, Star Trek gave us characters that we wanted to be. It was aspirational. Uh, Starfleet was filled with people who were more competent than we could ever hope mm -hmm. uh, we could ever be. And what was wonderful about Galaxy Quest is that Galaxy Quest wasn't about that. It was about right. people who would aspire to be us, right? Who were about as competent as our neighbors. It's as if we were there. That's right. 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 You know, it's they are just muddling through one day at a time. Right. And um, they don't always succeed, but we love them anyway. I, right. see, I take it further than you. I think you're on the right track. You said Star Trek is a world in which we aspire to be. Galaxy Quest is characters we aspire not to be. That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's 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 a cautionary tale, but it's one that we have characters we can for. feel superior to. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Exactly. But, but want to succeed. I think yeah. that's that is the key. Right. We watch every week because we think this time Charlie Brown is like is gonna kick that football. Right. That's essentially what that show was. Every week there's a football, and you know Taggart is Charlie Brown. The crew is Charlie Winding Brown. Lining up to kick that football. And every week they fall on their ass. But you know what? It's okay. We watch it because we love them. And oh, I think and like us, they pick themselves up. Right. And they go on to another. They day. never give say, up. They, they never, never surrender. surrender. Right. right. It's more realistic because Star Trek was a meritocracy, yeah. but, you know, people tended to fail upwards in Galaxy Quest. Yeah. This is about the more Peter Kwan yeah. screwed up, yeah. the more successful right. he would be. And Taggart, the more arrogant, the more full of himself and narcissistic, you know, it seemed like he was getting medals from Starfleet. And How else the, could, the fleet. you know, Guy Fliegman, you know, Rock Ingersoll, you know, rise to be the chief of security on right. that show? Of all people, Guy it Fliegman? It was the blue collar yeah. Star Trek in a way. That's right. Well, and I think that's got to be the future. I think yeah. if, the, if the if the reboots, the remakes, the sequels, the films, whatever, get away from that fundamental identity yeah. uh, of Galaxy Quest, they will fail. Or it'll just be another knockoff of some other franchise. I'm so glad that on the 40th anniversary we could celebrate this unsung television series that inspired so much and gave us so much joy. Right. Because really, Galaxy Quest, at the end of the day, it's super fun. Yes, it's flawed. Yes, it was not perfect. It was imperfect, but it was, uh, it, it, you know, it, it was great. And and we love to sort of uh, who knows showcase. May, maybe if that awful movie hadn't come out, we would yeah. be you know talking a different story about the future of Galaxy Quest. Yeah, but uh, but now it's a joke. It's once yeah, you've it's done once you've done Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, you can't, can't do Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, guys, thanks for joining us. Uh, Steve Melching, so great to have you back ah, to talk pleasure. about the legacy and uh, of uh, Galaxy Quest. Uh, Ashley, uh, I hope this series happens. You know, it's not, you never know. It's not for, not for one of trying. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, anyway, and Darren, as always, my co host, thank you uh, for joining us here. It's a pleasure. I'm Glorious Trexperts. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts, like the 430 movie, in which this band of inglorious bastards celebrates, uh, curates a week of classic uh, movies. And of course, <laughs> uh, harsh. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, inglorious we were, Galaxy Quest I fans. thought we were Trexperts. <laughs> <laughs> And, of course, uh, check out Quest Rebel the Rogue, Quest a Star Wars podcast, as well as Two on Who, a new Doctor Who podcast, as well as Best Movies Never Made every other Monday. If you enjoy this podcast, as always, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Thank you all. And we are going to be reading uh, um, uh, your, the best posts from the Apple Podcast reviews, so uh, keep them coming. And uh, you can also watch uh, Inglorious Trexperts now on Electric Now. Available on Stir, Distro TV, and Zumo TV, and the Electric uh, Now app coming soon, where you'll be able to watch Electric Surge 24-7. Also, a very special thanks to uh, Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network, including producers Natalie Miscali, and of course, Dean Devlin, without whom this show would not be possible. You're not going to ask in their favorite episodes? Did you guys, are you guys familiar with Galaxy Quest at all? Did you watch the show when you were younger? Oh, Peter, you saw it back in the day. You were young. You, you So most people, you saw oh. every episode. Yes. Wh which is your favorite? Uh, the Naked Future is right up there. Oh, the Naked yeah, Future. That was good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Especially yeah. since they shot that, everybody was in the nude the whole yeah. time. Yeah, but the camera work. That, like, you know, before they, Austin Powers yeah, did it, they yeah, did yeah, it. They did yeah. very right? strategically placed set pieces. I will and never props. forget that cucumber. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. I mean, I, I can't believe I was watching. I mean, that. Like, I, 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 I was television. like ten years <laughs> old. So Gwen, Gwen DeMarco, even though she wasn't nude, nude, but the yeah. implication of her being right, nude yeah. that was pretty hot. Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. But what about you, uh, uh, Bill? You ever see? Uh, you ever see it? 
Um, no, this has been very informative. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Always glad to help provide scholarship on this show. So uh, anyway, thank you to everybody. Thank you to Dean Devlin. And until next week, keep track on trekking and gloriously, of course. Never give up. Never surrender. This show was produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.